Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. You may know her as the host of the fellow Broadway Podcast Network show, The Drama's Guild Presents Talk Back. Um, she's also a award-winning playwright and actress, but she's here today to discuss cats because she was syllabub on the third U.S. national tour. So welcome, Christine Toy Johnson, and thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. I am excited. I always love anytime I can talk to somebody else from the Broadway Podcast Network that knows cats because I really thought for a long time I was the only person that talked about it. Oh, really? I think, yeah, there's not a big cats podcast market. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm the uh, the sole person there right now. There was a couple that have popped up and have, have faded away. So I'm carrying the, the Jellicle torch. Amazing. So I want to start, I always love, I mean, my first question usually is to everyone is asking, you know, their, their first experience and love of the show. And I've talked a lot to the 2016 revival cast and the most recent us tour and super fans who are, um, who generally saw the 1998 movie in school or something like that, but your tour predates some of this. So I always love hearing like, what was that first, like, what was the interaction to becoming part of that cast, um, this kind of infamous tour? And what was just your take on like the show at that time when it was so a little bit new, so unique, and the first time it's really going nationwide for people to see? Yeah, it was really a very exciting uh, thing to be a part of because, as you said, it was the first company that really was traveling around the country. The first national tour did some longer sit downs in, I think, Boston, Chicago, D.C. The second national was actually the Los Angeles company. So they sat in Los Angeles and then there was us. And so the whole process from auditioning to um Go, being hired and then going into the rehearsal process uh, and then opening, we opened actually in West Point. And I remember this really clearly because our first, our very first audience was made up of all the, the cadets from West Point. So it was a sea of people in white uniforms. Wow. And and then we didn't know how they would respond because who knows? And they stood up at the end and cheered. And it was really, it was really, really exciting. And then that is we, crazy. Yeah, isn't that cool? And then every city we went to um was seeing the show for the first time. So we were sold out everywhere. Um the audiences were just so excited to be there and clamoring for the show. Um, I remember the first stop, I think, after West Point was Atlanta. And we were in a cab, uh, a couple of my castmates and I were in the cab from the hotel to the theater. And so I, th I think we said, uh, we're going to the theater where, where Cats is playing. And the cab driver insisted that we were wrong about the title. He insisted <laughs> <laughs> that it was really called Those Darn Cats. And we said, no, the show is called Cats. <laughs> he said, no, 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 I'm sure of it. It's Those Darn Cats. 
Okay. Those darn well, cats. Just please take us to the theater where those darn cats yeah. are playing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love I, I love anybody who's just adamant that when they're wrong, especially like no, I, trust me. What do you know right. in the show? I'm <laughs> exactly. I'm positive. So walk me through what like before you get this role. What was the buzz around like even the audition? Like was it because like again, it's still kind of new. Like was yeah. there a lot you knew about it? Uh, I had seen it. I I am one of those people who I think um, you've talked to before who said. Uh, it, I believe it was more fun to do than to see. So I was not admittedly a big fan of the show when I saw it. Oh, okay. No, let's, let's talk about that yeah. now. Forget my yeah. other question. <laughs> Tell me about your first experience. Tell me about what you did not enjoy. Uh, you know, I just thought it was so weird and I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't really understand the story. Um, on the other hand, it was certainly fascinating <laughs> to look at. You know, there were just, you, you just never saw anything like that before um, on, on Broadway. And, uh, and I want to say also that I grew up in the suburbs of New York City. So I, I was lucky enough to have Broadway as sort of my local theater. Wow, <laughs> and so yeah. I saw a lot of shows and, um, this one was just, I, I you know, I, it, it really was astounding in so many ways, but I have to say, I think because I couldn't follow the story, it wasn't until we were in rehearsal and we were told what the story was that I, I went, Oh, okay. So McCavity kidnaps Demeter and okay. And then the kittens and then Grisabella and the tire. Okay, now I understand. <laughs> so what was your, give me the, your story from when you saw it the first time, before you were told. What did you walk out? Like, how did you interpret I, the first I, No, I have Nothing. no idea. No idea, just A cats. lot of cats singing and dancing. Some were, I guess, I don't know, they had yogurt things on their heads. I see now our, that version is a little different from the revival. You know, they had, they cut the, do you know what I'm talking about with the yogurts on the, on the no. heads? See, that's from peaks and pollicles, which was cut from the revival, but we had to wear these um, hats that were like yogurt. Um, what do you call it? Uh, containers. A yogurt container. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, all of the stuff that we, the cats would use was from yeah, the trash. Right. So the version um, I saw has uh, had like shoe boxes on as yeah, hats. Yes. There, there were those two, but we had some yogurt heads and then um, I just, so yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't know what was going on. So you saw the story, didn't understand it, struggled through kind of following it, which is, I think a lot of people who see it, but now you're in the show. And you get told a story. What were you told? How would you explain now as the expert who has been explained the story? How would you explain it to somebody who was, you know, going to go see the next tour or the next casting when it comes back out on in some yeah. capacity? I would say it's the story about a tribe of cats that um, is is deciding which one is going to transcend the i don't know transcend our our world and um go to their equivalent of heaven which is the heavy side layer um and so the task of the tribe is is to choose which cat um will will go on to a, a, her next life and how how's how are they choosing like what I mean that's a that is yeah, that's a I very overarching theme. It is right. Um, I don't remember actually that okay. part. Okay. Because when I started thinking about this talking to you, I I did feel like I couldn't really come up with why we would choose. I know this is not the question yet, and we'll probably come to it like much later, but why we did choose Grizabelle, I'm not sure. It's the million dollar question. <laughs> and I have a lot of episodes explaining why I don't agree with that decision. Yes, I know. We will get there. We will yeah. get there. Um, I, I would love to hear a little bit about the reaction. I know you sold out. I know you were in outdoor theaters. You were in theaters that were huge. What was the action to the to those darn cats? That, right. It was like, like being in a rock show, really. 
Yeah. People loved it. People loved it. Even, even the, the longer version, which had the peaks and pollicles still in it. And it had also this, this very lengthy opera section that was cut from the revival as well with um, that were Gus Growl Tiger turned into Growl Tiger. So his character is usually called Gus Growl Tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jelly Lorem becomes Griddlebone and they, and the Siamese cats come out and they sing this huge, it's a very elaborate number uh, with the boat and the, you know, all that. And then that actually made it into the newer um, movie movie that there is a Growl Tiger Griddlebone boat scene oh, that okay. came I out of nowhere it. oh yeah you're not missing yeah. much okay. but but that came out of nowhere and i feel like again i have done my some enough research on this show now to i've not seen that because i my whole knowledge is 2016 the two times i saw it in the right. 1998 movie right which i don't also believe it's in oh wait a minute no it should be in the 98 is movie. it in the 98 movie yeah okay then i have maybe. seen that okay yeah. Yeah. on vhs that's yes, right it was on Broadway um, HD or on demand or something like that. And one it was one of the quarantine things we watched. Oh. Also, also, as we were getting ready to work on this benefit we did, um, I had to relearn, you know, Jellicle songs. Who, do, who, who remembers Jellicle you remember songs? So I want to, I do want to pivot a little bit because I want to talk about syllabub. Mm-hmm. I have yet, I mean, I recorded episodes on the what I, I don't want to call them the main characters i call them the song characters mm-hmm. where i really broke down everyone who either had a song or had some significant like big 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 part of this i have as i've learned more as i've had these interviews and these conversations with cast members i i think i undervalued syllabub how much role syllabub plays because she doesn't have just like a song song but she does play a huge part in a bunch of other stuff but because I haven't done as much of this back research on her, I don't have as many like random cat theories or all kinds of stuff. So I'm wondering what you were told about Syllabub. Like what is her backstory to the Jellicle tribe? I don't believe I was told a backstory, but I'll tell you what my feeling okay. is about her. I was going to say, what's your made up? You had to have come up with your own backstory well, though, or some see, version. Don't forget, don't forget she sings Memory with Grizabella. Mm-hmm. So I always think that she – really represents the hopeful innocence and um and the curiosity um that that kittens have uh, as uh it not not as opposed to but sort of as opposed to grizabella who is who is leaning more into her her past and her pain in, in her life mm-hmm so I feel like Syllabub is, well, first of all, in our in our production, probably because I was so close to Joanne Hunter, who played Victoria, we were um, we were two of the, the really fun kittens who <laughs> enjoyed hanging out. And Joanne, I don't know if she she told you the story. She probably didn't tell you the story, but she used to um, hide candy all over the set, <laughs> and so we would have we would have certain times especially during Mistopheles where you know we would go over to the car you'd be hang we'd be hanging out by the um the car hood and we'd go into the little exhaust pipe and you know pick out a little um little (laughs) gumdrop or something like that as a treat during the show so so uh, my experience was that syllabub and victoria were pals and we hung out together and we just had a lot of fun and uh we're very curious and um and innocent and happy to be cats in the junkyard. <laughs> do you think that that would be your sister then? Or do you think it was just a best friend? I think she was my best friend. Okay. Yeah. Because there's a lot of the rumor mill on Syllabob is as the kitten mm-hmm. is, is that there's a lot of question marks on who's the parents. Yeah. And so I'm curious if you have an opinion. I think the most common is that it actually is potentially Grizabella that's because like that's where you sing with her it's or that that is like your not role model per se because I don't think Grizabella is necessarily a role model but also like a little bit of the um it's with being the first cat to kind of touch Grizabella in that moment that is the again the thought of where it could be mom or Mm, it could be I never thought of that honestly 
honestly, I don't think we we went into as deep a dive as we would normally in a in a <laughs> in the dissection of um, backstory and uh, and etc. That's what I'm trying to I'm trying to figure this out. This is the whole thing I've I've become interested in is just understanding yeah, what cats are doing outside the show. That's fascinating. I will tell you that. Um, when I know I was listening to um, your interview with Michael Kushner and he, he was talking about Quaxo and um, you know, those, those cats have also a whole, whole nother life. And I was thinking about um, Plato, the cat Plato. Mm-hmm. And in our, in our version, this is just something we made up the actor, David Roberts, who played uh cavity and Plato. Um, yeah, uh, he did those both roles uh, w- at the curtain call during the curtain call when there's like a free for all, you know, we're just um, jamming out and doing th- whatever. Um, he actually well, he's he's a great tumbler. He taught me how to do a cartwheel over the run over the <laughs> over the year and a half that we did the show together. So maybe he uh, maybe Plato was um, involved in parenting syllabub i don't know now i've never uh, thought about that until okay now. so now so if we didn't have a rumor we're starting a rumor yeah let's start it that plato could be syllabub's father mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna i'm just gonna add this i mean basically the way that this this wikipedia page from what i've seen is is that most of these rumor mills are started because someone added it for some other thing so right now i'm gonna add this and this is gonna be the source okay because that plato is now <laughs> Plato's now the father of syllabub potentially, potentially in, or, in one yeah. cast. Yeah. You know, anything's possible. As verified. What other as verified by verified by Christine Toy Johnson. Oh my God. Um, that is that's how this all works. This is all the, the whole rumor mill. I believe. I don't I'm confident that this is the way the entire cats uh, cats like family tree and all of these rumors are started because of I really think a lot of the relationships you see, I think there's a lot that's very thoughtful of Trevor Nunn or like that. So like there's very much a, these two, like the twins are clearly have, a. I think like I did never picked up on that. And now I'm fascinated by that because, but they have very, very much. So it's like, they react first. It's like, there's very clear things that they need to be together. They do those things. Mm-hmm. The rest I firmly believe are these two were in a different show on Broadway together and are very good friends. And whether their cats are supposed to be together or not, they're going to kind of play off each other. And now there's this rumor that maybe those two are uh, together or brother, sister or this. And it's like, no, it's just like those two are friends. Like those two are friends off stage, And that's, yeah, that's, what, that's what happened. I have to say, I have, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little ashamed to admit that I never thought of who her parents were because as a playwright and as and an actor, I, sort of pride myself in doing a lot of deep thinking about characters. So um, really, I'm really sad to admit that I never thought about her parents. Before. What other characters did you have thoughts on their backstory? Whether they're like what were told to you or just like. Demeter, for sure. Demeter and McCavity. Uh, abusive that, relationship. Abusive relationship. And that, so that's how the whole play starts, you know, with her um darting around i think trying to avoid him um and then of course he has that whole section um with now who's uh, the rumpus the rumpus cat and do you know that part was that still in 2016 uh, maybe i don't remember if that was in the 2016 okay. to be honest but yeah, i also so- was mesmerized in 2016 and none of this like there could have been a lot of stuff that happened that i'm just like i don't remember a single thing because i've learned the show as i've recorded these episodes a sure. lot more than i ever picked up the three times i've seen it well i think that that's part of it that there's so much f- up for interpretation and um and so you can just let your imagination go wild and think about all of the things that um, that are in the backstories. Mm-hmm. Do you think anybody, when they were watching your tour, like any of the cadets, were sitting there going like, <laughs> those two, 
Definitely <laughs> mom and dad. I doubt it. I doubt it. You know, look, I, I have I, I have great respect for the longevity of of the show and how it there's the music is is fantastic and the and the, how innovative it was, especially at the time that it began, because people weren't the costumes and the, the set design and the lighting and all of the magic that really happened um, was very innovative. And um, perhaps that's why we didn't spend so much time on the dramaturgical elements that we're now discussing, but that, you know, it, um, just to learn the whole thing was, that was, that was a lot. And, uh, and then to, you know, do justice to the choreography and, um, and entertain the people with it. And what I've, I've learned over time with your cast is it's not just that you learned the, the cast choreography, but because of the benefits you were doing at the time, you were learning all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. You know, I was not, I took a six month period off in the middle of the tour. So I was not in the, the benefit that Jonathan and Joanne talked about where they Mm. did the core, a course line, um, they they learned a lot of the stuff from a chorus line, uh, but I did do other benefits where I I think I was mostly singing. I somebody sent us a recording of a benefit we had done I think in Cincinnati in the in the end or no Boston maybe so towards the very end of the tour and they had a recording of it that that's quite good uh, and sent sent us all of the songs and it was pretty amazing to listen to it. Um, an and audio also recording, an audio recording of, of each song. And, and also very, very, very sad to, um, to hear um, the voices of so many people that we lost in that time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would, I actually would love to hear a little bit about the benefit that you did um, last year in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you were very involved both helping, you know, to write it. And then also you, you saying part of the memory that you, um, that you redid. Tell me about how that came together and your involvement with it. Well, um, in the summer early, actually in the spring. So early in the, in the pandemic, uh, we, we have, we still have a, we have a Facebook group still that, um, we keep in touch with, with each other in, and, um, Austin Jatan, who was the original, uh, standby for old dude, uh, said, Hey, you know, I think we should get together and do something for all of our, our colleagues who are really suffering from ha- having lost their jobs during the shutdown. And, and how can we help? What can we do? And so, um, he, approached uh jonathan cerullo who uh was skimble shanks and who is uh has become a uh director and a producer and joanne hunter who has become a broadway choreographer and you know so we people just came together and said yes of course what can we do to uh and jonathan's idea of course was to approach broadway cares and the actors fund and so that's how it all sort of started and because joanne has worked with um, Andrew Lloyd Webber on, on School of Rock and upcoming uh, his upcoming production of Cinderella, she was able to get get us into into talk with really useful and, and make sure we had the permission to do everything because we wanted to do everything right. You know, we wanted to make sure we had all the permission to do things. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So then we talked to people at Broadway Cares and at the Actors Fund to make sure that that they were on board, and we got it. We got a, a, a date 
um, that we could release the, the um, whole program. And, and Jonathan and Joanne and uh, I think also Jimmy Walski, who had been our dance captain, and Austin, I think they, they were in on the beginning meetings to to, to kind of conceptualize what it should be. And um, it turned into a half hour long program Mm-hmm. Where we not only we ha- I think we had thirty four of us involved from from the original um, touring cast to inc- and including any replacements that everyone was was invited to participate and uh, <laughs> Joanne. Uh, Joanna happens to be also married to Brian Ronan, of course, Tony Award winning sound designer who was on our show as well in this, I think in the second year. And so he helped us with the sound mixing because you know, you can't, uh, everyone, well, everyone who has done this over the last year will understand to try to record singing and with a lot of people is very difficult. So, you, you know, you from remotely. So we each had to record our sound and, and then videotape ourselves. And like, I, I recorded the sound separately, so it would sound better, you know, than just singing um, into my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also did, uh, my husband's a, a photographer and filmmaker. So we also went outside and we had different locations and we, you know, we did the whole thing. But so um, they had asked me to to write a script based on the concepts they already had come up with. So um, that was, um, that was a very fun assignment to do. Uh, And then when we talked about uh, including memory, um, it it just made sense to have not only the Grisabella section, but to have syllabub also to represent, like I was talking about before, the the hopeful uh, sentiments of, of the song. Yeah. And, you know, it, it came together beautifully, which it I think. Was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was such, a, it was very intense and to try to also relearn Jellicle songs. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but also, and so it was very labor intensive and Jonathan worked so hard on it, but I was so proud of how it ended up and um, the editing. And I'm, I'm really sorry. I can't remember the, the name of the editor. His first name is Matthew. And I'm really sorry that I can't remember his last name. Uh, but he did an amazing job. And Matt Zarley, who was our uh, counsel, he um, he directed and con- conceived of the memory section, which I think is quite brilliant because it shows um, what ha- was happened to Broadway and New York City and um the sadness that that we've experienced in Broadway shutting down and um, and in the the cautious optimism I think we have about returning and this was in the summer so we we really had no we we had even less idea than we do now mm-hmm. about uh, about the return um, and we raised I believe twenty five thousand dollars. In yeah. that one in that one weekend, and I I think the I believe the donation page is still up, so people have it a chance is. to still help, uh, and it all goes towards the COVID nineteen relief fund that Broadway Cares is sponsoring on behalf of the Actors Fund. I believe that's how to say it, uh, but they're in collaboration with each other, and it all goes to um, people in our industry who have. Uh, lost a lot of um, their uh, livelihoods mm-hmm. during this time. And the the site is still up and we'll link it in the description. So if, um, you know, any, any amount you can can give is is um, very much appreciated. Um, but yeah, it did raise a, a bunch of money on the weekend and it was such a cool thing to, to be able to see um, uh, an entire or most of the cast come back together and, and do this thing. And then as I've talked to many members of the, the your cast recently, it's been really fascinating because I didn't think about the, you know, I just I think we take a lot of us are taking for granted how well that was edited. And it's just like, oh yeah, they you know, everyone sang and someone it's like, oh no, everyone sang and someone pieced that all together. Yes. And it, it yes. was it was seamless. So it was like very, very, very well done. And um it, it made it a fun, you know, fun thirty minute experience to watch and and get to hear uh, you know, uh, not a new take, but like another version of memory and which was which was beautiful. And 
kind of get to hear stories in between and everything that happened. So I thought it was like a really fun benefit um, to get to, to thank you to participate in um, to help and, and to see. Yeah. And Leslie Ellis sings the, just this beautiful, beautiful rendition of memory. Um, it's been great to be reunited with a lot of people uh, working on this. That was, that's amazing. Um, I want to rapid fire a couple of things of fun questions, and then we're going to, we got to talk about Grisabella. Okay. Um, so first one would be if you could play any character in the show, forget male, female, anything, you know, whether you could sing it, dance it, who would you want to play? You know, I always wanted to play Jelly Lorem slash Griddlebone um, because of the that whole, well, because I think she's so warm and Joanna Beck, who played in our company, was so beautiful, but it's really warm and also got to sing the soprano diva parts. And I, I'm a soprano and I, I always, I always wish I had gotten to play that part. Mm -hmm. What about your favorite and least favorite character? Well, Victoria is probably my favorite character, but again, probably because she's my pal yeah. and we had a really good time and we ate candy together, you know, when we shouldn't have been. Um, I, I mean, so <laughs> Victoria might be in your cast, might be my favorite character if they're hiding candy around the, yeah, the stage. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, my least favorite character probably would be McCavity just because he terrorized everyone. So. I love yeah. it. You, yeah. You, your, your choices are very much into the plot. <laughs> which is which is good, which is good. For as much as you clearly didn't like that first one, it, it resonated. Like you it did, did pick up that McCavity is the protagonist, and yeah, and you know, as much I have to say this, as much as I was not a fan of the show when I saw it, I I loved doing it. It was awesome, and it was a it was great to be in in this company that was getting to share the show with people for the first time, and we had a very close company, and it was it was fun. So I I had a great experience doing it. Did you see the 2016 revival? Like, have, I how many did. times have you seen it since? You Not that it. many times. We were invited to the closing night on Broadway, whatever year that was. You probably know. In the, the revival? No, the, the original. Oh, the original? No, yeah. I don't. Okay, I so. Don't. <laughs> I should, but I don't. Yeah, you should, Mike. Um, it, so we were all invited to the last performance and also big blowout party on Chelsea Pierce, which was amazing. It was an amazing, uh, with fireworks and uh, all, all kinds of things. So uh, I saw it then, and uh, then I saw it, uh, I, I'm a Tony voter, so I saw the, the 2016, 2016 revival. And um, it's really interesting because, you know, some of the choreography was, um, still intact from Jillian Lynn's or, or inspired by it. And, um, and I felt, I could feel my body doing some of the, some, some of the music with Colin, I would feel my body doing, you know, starting to, to raise my arms and it's, it's a reflex really for you. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so, surprised you didn't start singing. Oh, no, I, no, that, that would be annoying. <laughs> That's I've been to shows where that's not been the I case. Know. I know, I know. Okay, my um, favorite song. So, you know, I speaking of like feeling that that visceral response to the music. Um, this probably is going to be a weird response, but I love the Jellicle Ball. The Jellicle Ball. I, yeah. I don't think there's that many people that have said that as an answer. It's just because it was. It was a bear to dance because it's like, I don't know, it felt, felt like it was 17 minutes long. I don't know if really it was that long, but it was, so it was very, very long and rigorous and re required every ounce of stamina you could muster. But there's something about it that I just love dancing and the, the, like the music just really came into my, into my body and my soul and just, you know, it, it, it was fantastic. It was really fun. To do. That's I. It's it's a, an interesting number because it is this like very beautiful and amazing thing to watch, and then yeah. I learned that it's basically an orgy. Well, no, I was orgy. we were never told that. So that is a, that seems to be a consensus. Okay. So maybe that's a, a more recent uh, yeah. interpretation of it. Yeah, I have but, a feeling we were a little more 
innocent about the way we looked at the show back. Yeah. A little different, a little different in the 80s and you know, still kind of new. Now there's a jaded yeah. version. There's yeah, people that yeah. love it or hate it. And so everyone's got a version now for for how they're saying it. Um, my last rapid fire question before we talk about Grizabella, and I'm super interested for this because this is like I think your wheelhouse, but there is a group of uh, fans who have a Tumblr accounts where they actually interact writing as characters. And so they basically just interact with each other. So I'm writing as one of the cat, you're writing as another cat and we're in whatever situation we're in. If as a writer, which cat would you want to write for? Like which cat would you say, this is a storyline I want to, I want to figure out, right? This is the character that I, I could do a lot with. I would have to say syllabub because Just now you know it. Well, because you, but you, but you've pointed out that I don't really know it. So. No, yeah. Now <laughs> um, you got to figure, you got to fill in the now blanks. Figured out. Uh, yeah. I would want to figure that out. Also, um, I, I am a self-described pathological optimist. And, uh, and I think that I would enjoy um, writing the hopeful side of syllabubs thoughts and um inspirations that kind of thing that's fun i i I took the total opposite route i thought let's write mccavity let's just be the villain because that's not my personality type and so it'd be fun to kind of write something totally different sure yeah okay time for the million dollar question Uh i have argued for episodes that i don't think grizabella is the right jellical choice and so I'm curious with your thoughts on this, if you agree or disagree, and if you're going to defend her, I'd love to hear your defense. And if you're going to say somebody else, I'd love to hear why somebody else. Well, I actually probably have both the... Oh, that's no... Okay, I, I'll let you tell me both sides, but I want to hear which one you would choose if you had to vote. But I, I would love to hear both arguments. Well, I have I have great compassion for Grizabella and... I think because I got to sing with her, you know, so I, I have that compassion for her. I do feel like she was, she was very closed off to us. And so I wonder why she was chosen because she wasn't really a part of the tribe as much as say Gus, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the theater cat, he was so, he was so dear and, um, struggling with a lot of things. So I have, I also have compassion for Gus. And so in thinking about this question, cause I knew it was coming. Um, I, I do feel like probably I would choose Gus because he was part of our community and, um, he told his story to us. Um, but on the other hand, who knows, there's so many things that we don't know about people you know, we don't know, we don't know about their history. And um, so I, I would be loath to turn my back on Grizabella, knowing that she had so much hardship in her life. I mean, look at her clothes. So, you know, she had a lot, she's been through a lot. That is fair. I think that it's fair to say we don't know the full story. Mm-hmm. I like to fill in the blanks though. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of like, there's some of the beauty in there. We don't, we know a few things, but it's very clear by the rumor mill. We don't know a lot of things. Right. And that is, I think part of my biggest reason why I don't pick her is because from what I do know, I struggle to see how that would make her the choice. So I know there's stuff missing. I know there's some, some blanks we need to fill in, which is I, I think clear. I have a guess at what happens when she lead, left the tribe and when she's coming back. And I think that, it's probably a darker version now. I think. I think now I'm starting to rethink all of my thoughts. If you're saying that that it's the more recent group of people that have this dark version of the show is more more family and wholesome um, in the <laughs> in the earlier runs, but from what I read and from what I interpreted and kind of looked is that she went off and did some things that aren't appropriate or weren't great or weren't very well, and she's coming back beat up and ready to kind of try to hopefully be ah. re like re rejoin the tribe. Okay. I don't have a problem with her being the choice. I think you can make the argument of redemption. I think where I, I actually really struggled the first time I saw it is, is that she 
she just comes back and immediately is rewarded. Mm. Whereas I think she's probably the leading candidate for next year. Mm. Okay, that's fair. But that's actually not at all how I turned. I walked out. This is as I've thought about it more. I walked out and I watched it with um, like a singing competition. And so I just purely was like, oh, which show, which, which cat gave me the best performances? <laughs> and it wasn't her. I mean, and it was great. Like her, her memory is, I mean, amazing. Like there's no doubt that it's fun to watch someone belt that. But I'm like, yeah, you know, if America's voting, if I'm voting at home on my phone, like everyone else, that, you know, an American Idol X Factor type of thing, like I'm probably voting for Tugger or I'm voting for Mr. Mustafelis or somebody else where I was like a Muglu Jerry and Ripple Teaser where I was like, mesmerized and like really blown away by let me ask you this though so but they all all of the cats that you just mentioned seem to be pretty much in their prime yeah so would you really want them to then go off into the heavy side layer i think it depends on what you think happens with the heavy side layer if it's a reward for being the best Uh. performance which right. is how I, again, and I know yeah. my interpretation is wrong. I like the answer should be Gus. That's the most common yeah. real thought. But when I watched it, I thought I was watching a, those darn cats X factor. <laughs> and I was very, very, very confused. And I was like, oh, I mean, and when you watch an X factor or some of these other shows, they have all ages. They have kids to adults to like very senior and it's mm. not, you know, there's there's all kinds of pieces to that. So I thought everyone's eligible and they're, you know, instead of winning a show and a million dollars and a Vegas show and a million dollars, it's you get to get killed. And I was like, this is it's already a weird show. But that was how I interpreted it. So that's why I know my my that's the premise I've kind of taken. But if you really do look at it, I do think the part that I struggle with with Grizabella is, is that to be rewarded right away mm. after being gone for so many years. And then being coming back and being immediately selected mm. seems off to me. Okay. That's my hot take. Okay. Yeah. I, I had not, well, I didn't know this other, this other piece of information that you've, that you've uncovered. So I don't know. I have to think about that some more now. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of arguments. I, I've heard a couple creative ones that I love. Um, I, I get the redemption story. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that some very, very talented, historic people worked on this play and came up with the story and plot. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. who am I to, to judge except for to have some fun poking fun at it? Um, but I, you know, I would, I would like to write a different ending. Well, I think that's sort of the the beauty of uh, of theater, right? That you've you're t- we're talking about this show that's been around for literally decades, and it's sparked a lot of imagination, and um, that's a that's a pretty amazing thing. It doesn't happen it, all the time. It is a incredibly polarizing show. Yeah, it has a lot of very passionate fans. It has some weird hate to it. Yeah, and it has a lot of confusion. Yes. But it is almost universally known. Yes. And that's what is, I mean, is kind of crazy. I mean, my entire, this whole thing is, you know, has spun off from one, one joke that, uh, <laughs> that was made uh, in passing that has turned into, to, to this. But my knowledge, like I, this was a show that when it came back, I was just like, well, I never saw it. You know, I, I didn't know much about it, but I was like, I knew I needed to see it. Uh-huh. Um, even as just a casual Broadway fan. And so that's how I ended up there. 
And then I was, yeah, I was very confused and a little too sober to see it the first time and, and needed more to more, uh, belief, but it is such an open-ended world that has been built that it gives you the ability to kind of play in it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And really the poetry of T.S. Eliot, you know, that's, that's really something fascinating to look at too. If you just pick it apart, you know, by the, the, the great music and the, and the poetry and then what they did to make it into what they did. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty interesting to, to think about. Absolutely. Uh, totally, totally agree. What else? Um, I'd love to hear what else you're working on. I know you've got, I mean, we talked a little bit about the podcast. I mean, I know you've got a lot of things in the works. So tell me uh, what what is kind of on your plate right now? Well, yeah, it's, um, it's been, a, it's been an incredible year. Actually, I've been on the first national slash North American tour of come from away um, for 18 months before um, the coronavirus so rudely uh, made us stop. And so um eventually uh eventually we will go back on the road and so i will we'll do that some more and and uh, that's been an amazing experience in the same way that cats was in some ways in that we are the, we are seeing cities are seeing the show for the first time when we mm-hmm. when we visit and so that's been incredible um i've been, i've had the really good fortune of going back to work in, on tv uh the last couple of months uh since the safety protocols have been really developed and um so i've had a chance to guest star on a couple of um, on bull where i'm a recurring judge and um ncis new orleans so that that was that was fantastic and um then i'm you know, I'm right. I'm a writer. So I'm, I'm writing all kind. I'm doing a commission, um, writing a new musical with Jason Ma, one of my collaborators for village theater outside of Seattle. I just wrote a short piece for Ars Nova that will be part of their programming in April and a lot of different, different writing projects, uh, that are in various stages of development. Um, and mm-hmm. and at the Dramatists Guild, I'm on, uh, part of the elected leadership of the Dramatists Guild and chair of their diversity, equity, inclusion committee. So we're doing a lot of work with, with town halls to to talk about these um, expanded conversations that are that are happening surrounding access and inclusion, uh, et cetera. Yeah, and I mean, well, now you've got to write Bob's story, so you got another <laughs> writing project uh, on your plate. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit about Talkback because I've, you know, I'm very familiar with it, and I think it's just such an incredibly powerful podcast um, with really you know incredible topics. And so Thank I love you. for people to kind of know a little bit more about yeah. it too. So when, uh, while I was on the road, um, I, I would take some opportunities to talk with Dramatist Guild members, um, in places where, uh, I could meet up with the regional rep and we could organize something. So I did these, these conversations that surrounded, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion issues, questions that people had, things people wanted to talk about in, uh, LA, Seattle, Salt Lake, and San Francisco, and what I came away for, uh, with was that a lot of people had similar questions and concerns. And so I came back to the committee that I chair and I said, I have this idea for how we might be able to disseminate information, um, people's exper- other people's experiences with how they've navigated um, these issues. What if we do a podcast? And I talked to different people across the industry about uh, topics like cultural appropriation versus appreciation, writing outside your lived experience, et cetera. And that turned into the podcast that we have that um, we're so happy to be um, on Broadway Podcast Network's uh, part of their family. And um, we've done two seasons. The first season we did the, the regular way in studios with, <laughs> with um, you know, in the room with each other. I, I, also, I was on the road, so they would they would get me uh, space in a studio and wherever wherever it was like Chicago and Cleveland and all these places, and we could talk to each other, but in studios. And then, of course, this season uh, in the summer, we all did from our quote unquote home studios with our you know now we have all the equipment that we need except for. Um, you know, actual booths and you know <laughs> engineers in our homes. Yeah. Uh, but so we, there are two seasons. The first one focuses on uh, diversity, equity, inclusion issues. The second one uh, focuses on access. Um, so that means a lot of different things. And um, we're looking forward to um, recording our third season, hopefully uh, this summer. 
Amazing. Yeah, I, I've always loved being part of the Broadway Podcast Network. I think what I love is the wide range of content that is is um, that the network's given a home to and has given yes. voices to. And yeah. so it's kind of fun to be with my show being what it is um, to have like to, to be part of a network that also has these like very thoughtful conversations and like very important topics while I'm sitting here arguing why Grisabella was <laughs> the wrong cat. It's to great die. to have balance. It's great exactly. to have balance. Exactly. Yeah, and I also just want to say that the conversation started out as being very um, dramatist centric, uh, you know, really talking to writers. And then as we've expanded our, uh, we've, we've been talking to industry people from across the, uh, across the boards and, and it's been great to have, of inquiries to to spark more conversations about um, about access and inclusion. That's amazing. Final, probably most important question. Oh, okay. How do we stay in touch? Social media, website, like how yeah. do people stay in touch with you? Thank you. Um, so my website is my name. So it's www.christinetoyjohnson.com. And then um, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at C Toy J, C T O Y J. Easy, easy yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me, for being here, for humoring me through all of this. <laughs> for it was great. For, it was so I'm, much fun. For telling me about the those darn cats. I think that's the only way I'm going to refer to it from here on out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love it. I hope the guy, who, the the driver in Atlanta, is listening. Is like, yeah, no, really. they're still wrong. It's still those darn cats. Thank you so much for for doing this. I think um, it's wonderful to be able to have a lighthearted conversation about something, and also, you know, for better or worse, um, it reminds us that the that the power of theater is really it's really something else, and it really transcends all kinds of all kinds of. Um, time periods and theories and um, preferences for which cat, you know, you'd rather, you'd rather see go on the tire into the, into, into, the, into, into the ceiling of the theater. Yeah, I did explain it to somebody one time. I said, "Yeah, a bunch of cats sing, and then one of them murders." But that's a good thing. So don't worry. Like that's that's how we break it down. So there's a place for everything. I'm glad I've carved out this this very niche uh, region of the podcast land to <laughs> to discuss. I'm sure there's nobody else doing this. I don't think there's anybody else that is arguing on behalf of every other cat. Um, that's that's what I'm here for. That's what the beauty of the podcast world that's is. Right. Everybody, everybody can with a mic can have a voice. That's right. Well, thank you again. Um, and thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.